Now, tonight I want to share with you on the subject, the power of a pause. The power of a pause. I think we would all agree that this is a very crazy time that we live in. And school is out of session. People are laid off from work. We're not gathering for church services like we normally do. And so much of life seems to be on pause. It can be annoying. It can seem inconvenient. And I think it's easy at times to dwell on the negative side of, the, of this sort of season. You know, because the truth is we don't really like pauses. We don't like interruptions. Oftentimes they do carry with them that negative connotation, right? Like if you're watching this video and then all of a sudden it just starts buffering, well then chances are you would feel very frustrated by that, right? We don't like the pause. We don't like the interruption. But I want to tell you tonight that there is power in pausing. And in this season, when we're isolated and we're not kind of engaging in our normal lifestyle and routines, I want to challenge you a little bit to step into some different activity and to realize that God wants to work in your life in this season if we will respond appropriately. So there was this passage of scripture that came to my attention. I was doing my daily Bible reading probably a couple of weeks ago. And I was reading through Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4 in particular. And that is the story where Joshua leads the children of Israel across the Jordan River. It was a a really, you know, a story that's familiar to many of us. Um, But God began to, I feel, uh, show me some similarities between that story and the current season that we were in and, and really kind of bring to life our response in a season like this. We're going to come back to that chapter and back to that story in just a few moments. But before I get there, I just want to kind of go through a couple biblical narratives that really show us that sometimes God will interject a pause into a story or into an experience, and ultimately he does it for our good, for his glory, so that we can grow and so that he can be praised, right? You know, one example that I think of is the story of the Exodus and and how Israel comes out of Egypt, and then they're, they're just basically standing still on the shore of the Red Sea. And they're kind of confused. And they're like, God, what are you doing? Why did you bring us to this point? We feel stuck. We feel like we're at a dead end. It feels like our journey into our land of promise has been put on pause for the time being. God, what are you up to? Right? So God really did seem to press pause on, on the narrative of this story, but the pause was on purpose because the Bible says in Exodus 14, uh, 3 through 4, God is speaking to Moses here. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. Hey, they're, they're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this. This was not just some happenstance. God said, I orchestrated this. I planned it in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites, they camped as they were told there at the shore of the Red Sea. Now, this seemed like a holdup. It seemed like a setback. But ultimately, this was just a setup from God, right? 
because this, this pause on the shore of the Red Sea, ultimately it was going to display God's glory to the Egyptians, to the world at the time, and, and also Israel's enemies were going to be defeated in the process. I think we can all imagine what the story would have looked like if the Red Sea was already parted or if that obstacle wasn't in their way on their journey to the Promised Land, right? If that obstacle wasn't there, they would have just kept on marching. Pharaoh would have never noticed. He wouldn't have pursued. He wouldn't have gone down into the the parted waters. The waters would have never swallowed his army, right? There wouldn't have been that great advancement uh, for God's people had the the pause or the holdup not been there. So the pause was on purpose. God received glory, and God's people were advanced as a result of it. There's so many stories in Scripture that we could visit and we could talk about that illustrate this point so powerfully. But but I just want to draw your attention, before we get back to the Joshua story, I want you to think about the Apostle Paul before he was Paul, when he was still Saul the religious zealot, the Christian persecutor. Many of us would know the story of when Saul was converted to Christianity on the Damascus Road. You can read about it in Acts chapter 9. Essentially, he's on the road to Damascus. He is going there with the intention of persecuting Christians, uh, ultimately leading in the death of Christians, right? He's hardcore. But on the way there, uh, a bright light shines and Saul is knocked off his horse and a voice speaks. And, you know, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting. And so this experience happens for Saul. And Acts 9 verse 8 says that Saul picked himself up off the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions, his friends that were with him, had to lead him by the hand to Damascus. It really makes me uh, wonder tonight what the purpose of the blindness was. Why did God uh, strike Saul with this blindness? I think there's some spiritual symbolism here. I think it kind of illustrates to us that Saul was spiritually blind. He didn't have a full revelation of the truth. And it took Ananias, the the disciple from Damascus, to, to bring full revelation to Saul, right? So I think in a spiritual sense, in a symbolic sense, that's what the blindness was for. But strictly on a practical level, just consider with me that maybe God allowed Saul to become blind to ensure that Saul stayed put long enough for him to receive that revelation that was coming, right? If Saul would have just you know had his full sight capacity from the get-go, He has this great experience on the Damascus Road, but he can still see. Maybe he goes to sleep that night and wakes up the next morning and is just like, ah, maybe it was just bad pizza that I ate or something. Maybe it would be easier or would have been easier to just brush off the experience if he still had the ability to see. But but I think we can all appreciate that if we had been able to see our whole lives and then suddenly we go blind, how debilitating that would be, how we would be locked down and just kind of paused, right? not able to do as much as we used to do. Perhaps God wanted Saul to press pause. And you know what? Pause is the very thing that Saul did. The next verse says that he remained there in Damascus, blind for three days, stuck, not able to do anything, and he didn't eat and he didn't drink. I would imagine he was fasting, just trying to seek God. He was passionate for God, right? 
And we can appreciate the circumstance that he was in, and we can realize maybe what God was doing is he was trying to get Saul to pause, right? But the pause that God allowed, it ultimately played a part in the full transformation of Saul. The pause was on purpose. After this, we of course know that Saul started going by the name Paul, and I think this is interesting. There are several meanings for the name Paul that we could point to, but one meaning is tied to the Greek language, and it's, it comes from the word pao, P-A-U-O, and it's the Greek word that means, you guessed it, pause. So Paul's name, among other meanings, it literally meant, after that experience on the Damascus Road, his name became pause. I think it's so interesting that Paul learned firsthand the power of a pause from the normal routines, even for him, just a three-day little stint of time that he was able to sit and reflect and to think and to seek God through fasting. That pause became the very thing that defined him literally in his name. Now, again, uh, we are in a season of pause. I think that goes without saying. But like with Saul becoming Paul, I really believe that some life-defining moments can occur for us in this season of pause that we are in. I really believe that. And so I bring your attention back as we conclude tonight to the narrative in Joshua chapter 3 and 4. Joshua is, is about to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River into the region of Canaan and the Promised Land. And so what he does is he gets the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant. They they, uh, lift it up on their shoulders and they step foot into the Jordan River. And as soon as they step foot into the banks of the Jordan River, the waters begin to go back and the river stops up and the riverbed becomes dry to allow dry, safe passage for the people of God across that river. So the priests, what they did, they walked out into the middle of the dry riverbed And they stood there stationary in the middle. They pressed pause, as it were, as the waters pressed pause. And they stood there in the midst while the children of Israel, they walked through on dry ground. Again, when I read this story, I really feel like God was impressing upon me that that this was a moment of pause for the children of Israel. The normal flow of this river was interrupted. The flow of water was pause, and I felt like there was a symbolic connection to our season of pause, right? Ultimately, this happened so that God's people could advance and step into the promise. And it was in this moment of pause that Joshua felt it necessary to not just march through aimlessly, but but to intentionally build some memorials along the way. In Joshua 4, you can read about how Joshua built two memorials, One was right there in the middle of the Jordan River where the priests holding the Ark of the Covenant were standing. He took 12 stones and he built a memorial that that when the waters would go back across and start flowing again, that memorial could be seen right there in the midst, right? And then another thing that he got, one man from each tribe, so 12 men, he he got them to each take one stone from the middle of the riverbed to carry it across with them. And, And when they got to the other side and the waters began flowing again, Joshua built a second altar, a second memorial to God with those stones from the midst of the riverbed. And so just kind of on on its face and in simple terms tonight, here's the point of my little devotion. 
while you're in the middle of a pause, build a memorial. When you're in the middle of a pause, build a memorial. Also, I would say, like with Joshua, when you get on the other side of this pause, I believe that it's still time to continue to build memorials, and you'll be able to build it with what you received while you were in the middle of the pause, right? That second memorial was built with stones from that dry riverbed. And so here's what I want to leave you with tonight as I bring it to a close, and I'm going to pray with you. But I want to challenge and encourage everyone listening in this season when we have so much disposable and discretionary time on our hands. I want to challenge you to redeem that time, to not just wander through this season of pause aimlessly, but be intentional about it, to not just spend your time and, and fill, fill your days with, with trivia and with just, with just meaningless items on your agenda, but, but be intentional and build memorials before the Lord. Build memorials of prayer. Build memorials of Bible reading and Bible study. Build memorials of fasting. Build memorials of, of seeking God. And I really believe that, that what we experience in this season as we seek God and build memorials, I believe that the remainder of our lives can be defined by something that we experience right here, right now, during this pandemic. Wouldn't that be incredible? You see, those memorials, they weren't just for the benefit and blessing of those that wandered and walked through the Jordan River. But those memorials were to be a, a witness and a testimony to the generations that would come on after them. And Joshua said, when your children see these memorials, they will ask, what do these stones mean? And Joshua said, you'll be able to point to them and, and say, there was a time that God was with us. He parted the waters of the Jordan. And essentially what I took from that is, you know, something that we experience now can be a blessing for generations to come if the Lord would tarry. I believe that God's at work in the midst of this season of pause and my challenge to you tonight is to build a memorial. Dig into prayer, dig into the word, and seek God with all your might, heart, and strength. I want to pray with you tonight. I wonder if you bow your heads. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to be together in this forum. And I pray, God, that you would speak to and minister to a student right now. I pray that you would help us to receive this challenge to build memorials in the midst of a pause. Lord God, I pray that you'd have your way let your kingdom come and let your will be done in this season and in our lives. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.